Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Amaziah and the Man of God as we pick up in 2 Chronicles chapter 25, verse 7. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So the man God of God came and said, Why are you leaning on the arm of flesh? Why are you trusting in the Israelites for help? You ought to trust in the Lord. Send them home. Don't let them go into battle with you. Well, he listened to the voice of the prophet of God, and he sent the men of Judah home, who were angry, or the men of Israel home. They were angry, and so they actually began to rip up some of the cities of Judah on their way home. But Amaziah went down then against the Edomites, and God gave the Edomites into his hands. But then the stupid guy captured some of the gods of the Edomites, the little idols, and he brought them back and set them up in his home, and he began to worship these little idols, the gods of the Edomites. Therefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against Amaziah. He sent to him a prophet that said, Why have you sought after the gods of the people which could not deliver them out of your hand? It came to pass as he talked with him that the king said, Did I hire you as a counselor? You better shut up, for why should I smite you? And then the prophet was quiet, and he said, I know that God hath determined to destroy you because you have done this, and you have not hearkened to my counsel. So Amaziah, the king of Judah, sent a message to Jehoiahaz, the king of Israel. And he said, let's come and face each other. And so Jehoiahaz, the king of Israel, sent a message back and said, look, young man, you went down and you had a victory over the Edomites. Now just stay home and enjoy that victory, for why should you meddle to your own hurt? In other words, Be satisfied with the victory you had over the Edomites and don't go looking for trouble. Why should you meddle to your own hurt? But Amaziah would not hear and he demanded that they come out and meet face to face. So the king of Israel came against him at Beth Shemesh and Amaziah and his troops were defeated. And the king of Israel came to Jerusalem and he broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate, a space of about 600 feet. And he took all of the gold and the silver and all of the vessels that were found in the house of God and the treasures of the king's house and he took hostages and he returned to Samaria. And Amaziah lived for another 15 years And the rest of his acts are found in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Now after that time, Amaziah turned away from following the Lord. He made a conspiracy. They made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem. He fled to Lachish, but they came to Lachish and there they killed him. Now this business of why meddle to your own hurt is a... Good warning, really, because many times people think that they can meddle with sin and not get hurt. They think that they can play with fire and not get burned. 
And it is interesting that many times our greatest dangers lie immediately following our greatest victories. Having a great victory can be a dangerous thing because many times, flushed with victory, we begin to gain confidence in our flesh. We begin to almost go out looking for trouble, looking for temptation so that we can conquer over it putting ourselves in a place of temptation or jeopardy in order that we might show how strong we are, meddling around with things that we have no business meddling with, in places we have no business being. Meddling usually results in our own hurt. And so they were defeated. But that wasn't all. A part of their defenses were destroyed. The king came and he destroyed a part of the wall of Jerusalem. When you fall into temptation, a part of your defenses are destroyed. The first time you came up against it, it was a real battle. You didn't fall easily. You really held your own for quite a while. But when you fell, a part of your defenses were wiped out. So the next time you faced that thing, you didn't have the same amount of strength to resist. It was a little easier to do it because you've already done it once. You didn't have just that same inner strength against it. It was easier to fall the second time. The third time, it was even easier yet. Because a part of your defenses were destroyed. And he took away the treasures. Whenever Satan defeats you, a certain amount of your treasures go with it. Treasures of purity and innocency robbed, meddling to your own hurt. Don't meddle with sin. Don't meddle in the places of sin. Don't go to the enemy's territory looking for a fight, looking to prove how strong you are, how tough you are, how righteous you are. How many people have been hurt by meddling? Chapter 26, we find the beginning of the reign of Uzziah. Now, he was only 16 years old when he began to reign, and he had one of the longest reigns outside of Manasseh, the longest reign of any king in Israel. He reigned for some 51 years. Uzziah was a good king. Uzziah was a popular king. Uzziah became a powerful king. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah. He reigned for 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah did. 
And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Very interesting scripture. As long as he sought the Lord. As long as you put God first in your life. Jesus said that you should not be worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. For after these things do the pagans worry. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. As long as he sought the Lord, as long as he put God first, God made his ways to prosper. We need to put God first in our lives. And as long as he sought the Lord, a very important scripture. So he went forth and he warred against the Philistines. He broke down the wall of Gath. Jevna, and Ashdod, and he built cities about Ashdod among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians, and the Mahunims, and the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah. And his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt, for he strengthened himself exceedingly. He built towers for defense there in Jerusalem, and at the corner gate, and at the valley gate. And he fortified them, and he built towers in the desert. He dug many wells, for he had a lot of cattle. And he had a lot of uh, vineyards and all. There was just general prosperity under Uzziah. He had a host of fighting men that went out to war by, man, by bands. And there were 2,600 captains over them. And he made Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, weapons of war engines of war that were invented by cunning men, that they would put them on the towers to hurl stones and to shoot arrows. And his name spread far abroad. So he became a powerful king, a powerful ruler. The kingdom was strengthened under him. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord. For he went into the temple to burn incense at the altar of incense. Now, this was the duty that was to be exclusively the priest. As the king, he had no business intruding into the temple to offer incense. It was a job only for the priest. And so Azariah, the priest, with another 80 priests who were all valiant men, came in and challenged him as he was swinging the incense there before the altar of incense. They challenged him. They said, get out of here. You have no business being in here. And he became angry with them and turned against them. But as he did... Leprosy broke out on his forehead. And so the priest grabbed him and thrust him out physically because of the leprosy. And he became a leper. He had to dwell outside until the day of his death. And his son took over as the king. Now, Uzziah was a good king. 
for the most part. It was in the time of his strength that he fell. But because of all that he had done, he was a popular king. The nation prospered under his reign, and his name spread abroad throughout all of the land. And twice it talks about in verse 15, and his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped and he was strong. And in verse 8, and his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt. He was a king that the people had great confidence in because as long as he was on the throne, because he was a very cunning man, a very skillful man, he had built up all of these defenses, they had developed all of these weapons of war, they had invented many excellent weapons for battle, and, and the people felt a security Things prospered under his reign. His name was spread abroad so that people were looking at him. Confidence was in him. And I point that out because in the sixth chapter of Isaiah, and Isaiah the prophet lived at this time, he began his prophesying, or his prophesying, during the time or shortly after the death of Uzziah. So we are now coming historically into the period of the reign of, or the, the prophecy of Isaiah, the prophet. And in the sixth chapter of Isaiah, he makes this interesting statement concerning Uzziah. And in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and his train did fill the temple. Up until that time, Isaiah's eyes were upon Uzziah, just like everybody else. He was captivated by the abilities of this man. Uzziah was sort of the hero for all of the people. And God had to move Uzziah out of the way in order that Isaiah might see the Lord. It's terrible when a man hides our vision of God. Even though he is good, even though he you know, has done a lot of good, we must not get our eyes upon men. Now, at the time of his death, there was a great despair. Oh, Uzziah is dead. What are we going to do? You know, we've prospered now for 50 years. The kingdom is strong and powerful. What are we going to do? The throne is empty of this popular, powerful king. What are we going to do? Uzziah is dead. But God gave to Isaiah a vision of the throne. But God was sitting upon it. Behind the scenes, God reigns. I saw the Lord high and lifted up, sitting on the throne. And his train, his glory, did fill the temple. So the death of Uzziah and his son Jotham, who began to reign in his stead. 25 years old when he began to reign, reigned for 16 years. He did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, just like his father Uzziah. 
However, he didn't enter into the temple, but the people under him began to do corruptly. And of course, you'll get that in Isaiah's prophecy. And Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. But not much is told us about him. The rest of what he did are, is told in the book of Kings. And uh, he uh, reigned for 16 years, so he was actually just 41 years old, 25 when he started. And he slept with his fathers. They buried him in the city of David. So brings us up to chapter 28, and next week we will finish the book of Second Chronicles as we come to the end of the books of history prior to their being carried away into the Babylonian captivity. Now, you know that the Old Testament is divided into different sections. The first being, the first five books being the books of Moses. And then we have the books really of the history of the nation. Beginning with the Joshua coming into the land, the period of their judges, and then the period of their kings up until the time of their captivity by Nebuchadnezzar. And then we have two more books of history, Ezra and Nehemiah. But the books of Ezra and Nehemiah carry you into the post captive period after they returned from Babylonian captivity. So Second Chronicles will bring us up to the what they call the pre-exilic history of the nation and the post-exilic we will have when we get the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Then we go into the books they call of poetry as we get into Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. And then we get into the books of the major prophets. Major only because of the length of their books, not because of the importance of their prophecies or the position, or not because one prophet was greater than the other, but just the size of their books, the major prophets, and then the, the smaller books of the prophets, which are called the minor prophets because the books are smaller. And when we get into the books of poetry, you must fit them back into these, this period of history we've already covered because these books were written during this period. For instance, Job was written sometime during the historic period of Genesis. Job could have lived about the same time as did Abraham. And so that book goes way back historically. The Psalms, of course, cover mainly David's reign, but yet some of the Psalms were written by Moses and some of them by Solomon and others after Asaph, one of David's musicians. As you get into Proverbs, of course, you're into Solomon's reign. As you're in the Song of Solomon, you've got, again, one of the thousand or more songs that Solomon wrote. Then as you get into the prophets, Isaiah, we're in the particular period of history right now where Isaiah comes in. And with Jeremiah, 
This is the period of history that Jeremiah, we're coming right up now to Jeremiah in the next king. And uh, that's when Jeremiah began his prophesying when he was just a lad of 17 years old. And uh, you begin to fit then the prophets back into this period of history. So it's important that you sort of get the history in your mind because to understand the prophets and their messages, you've got to know what were the circumstances of Judah and Israel at the time the prophets were telling them uh, of the destruction that was going to come upon their enemies or the destruction that was going to come upon them because they had forsaken God. And so to get a good understanding of the prophets, it's important that we lay the foundational base in the history so that you'll be able to uh, understand more completely the message of the prophets when we get there. So uh, sometimes history has a way of being a drag, but yet it does have its value in understanding better the message of the prophets as we move on. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 2 Chronicles on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 2 Chronicles 25-27 through when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord fill your heart with praise and thanksgiving through the week that you might know God's work and God's victory in your life. May God help you to bring things into their proper perspective and the proper priorities that you might seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and that you might realize the power and the glory of the God that you serve in order that you might see His work in your life in a very real and beautiful way. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. As we look back over the roadmap of our lives, we often see the value of troubled times, personal trials, and even the experiences of pain or the death of a loved one. 
These are the building blocks that establish God's plan for us. It is with great honor that I'm pleased to introduce Pastor Chuck Smith's autobiography entitled A Memoir of Grace. You're invited to pull up a chair and listen as Pastor Chuck shares his personal story of how God's grace prepared him for life's purposes. Perhaps as you're reading this story, you'll be prompted to evaluate your own past, your present situation, and that which is yet to happen, and realize that it all plays a part in establishing God's plan for you. See God's grace at work in your own life when you order a personal copy of A Memoir of Grace by Pastor Chuck. God called me into the ministry and how God has just led us step by step. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll-free at 1-800-272-WORD.